Hey, thanks for listening tonight. This is JF. Reaching back out to you today. So this is the penultimate episode of this series for us here. We talk about the initial starting process for the uh, Swept Off To podcast. So we talk about therapy. We talked about mindfulness and meditation. We talked about uh, exercise with Mark Paisant. We talked about community with Brian Winton last week. So this one kind of puts it all together. This is kind of my story a little bit here about how my journey started and how it's going so far and enjoy and I'm very grateful that you have the, the time to listen to it tonight and thank you for taking that time and the opportunity to do that. As always, if you want to give us some support, either financially or share this with a friend, you can check us out on anchor.fm or you can always uh, check us out on Facebook at Soft and Unexpected Aldo Millennials Journey. Or you can just uh, look up me on Facebook and find the podcast from there. Again, that's Soft and Elder Millennials Unexpected Journey or anchor.fm slash John hyphen Heffelbauer, H-E-F-F-L-E-B-O-W-E-R. You also can check us out on LinkedIn. So again, enjoy this episode of the Soft Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Soft Podcast. This is your host, JF. A little bit of a different podcast tonight. Wanted to kind of share uh, kind of a, a, my journey here and kind of what started, what triggered this journey for myself. So we talk a lot about in these last couple episodes, this first season, about how therapy, mindfulness, exercise, and community really have shaped and will shape and will continue to shape your life and my life. And it, it really all started for me uh, back in 2015. And actually continue on in 2017. Um, I originally was diagnosed with ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. For those that aren't familiar, uh, mine manifests itself in the hyperactive part of that. There's also the... Oh, I'm blanking it now. Example as far as what is the other... A variant of ADHD. Um, so f- for me, that was a bit of an eye-opening experience. I started getting on some medication. Um, some of the medication that I had been taking had had some pretty severe side effects. I was on a, a patch for a little while. I uh, had a developed a rash. I was on other things where I became more irritable and agitated and um, would almost come down pretty heavily off that. And during this time period in my life, I really wasn't, I was hurting and I really wasn't aware of how much I was hurting. And was doing a lot at work, uh, work-life balance wasn't really there for me. I just had um, my my daughter. Uh, she's four and a half years old now, and she's beautiful. And so it, I was hurting, and a couple years later, in January 2019, 2019, I got a, a job working for a insurance technology company here in Columbus 
really excited to be able to join the team and start a different part of my career. And still was just not fulfilled and was hurting. And I connected with some a mentor of mine and who was helping me kind of go into the career path that I was looking into and ended up doing the job, doing my dream job uh, for the first three months of 2020. And I absolutely loved every minute of it. At that point in time, for those familiar with 2020, that's when the uh, coronavirus version 2019 hit the world and things came to a sudden halt, including the opportunity that I had for my dream job. I had applied, I interviewed for it, and it didn't work out. I got some feedback, and so I took the feedback, and I applied for the, the job that they suggested that I look into to be able to develop some additional skills, to be more of a well-rounded individual. Okay. Was not selected for that position. Got some feedback. Did not take the feedback well. And I spiraled into a very heavy depression um, I was working 14 12 14 hours a day on a card table 4x4 four four table that I would set up and tear down my monitors every morning I was drinking pretty heavily and exercise a routine was non-existent for me And in June, I had a situation with my manager at the time and a meeting with the senior manager and kind of had a behavior meeting. Um, to that point, I approached my manager. I'm like, yeah, we can fix this. I, I really need you to give me some positive feedback. One feedback positive and one feedback negative once a week to kind of let me know what your expectations are of me. And a week later, I had some suicidal thoughts and I admitted myself to emergency psychiatric care here in Columbus. Uh, some very close friends showed up at my doorstep 7.30 in the morning and said, John, we're taking you. And I was there for six, about six hours. And they released me with some stipulations that I would need to seek immediate mental care, um, either a group setting or talk therapy immediately. So at that point, I was already going to continue my ADHD medication and so I decided to get back connected with my therapist who did the ADHD testing here in Columbus and met weekly, uh, interviewed another counselor as well, didn't really fit in with him, um, and met with a, psych 
uh, psychiatrist to kind of level out and level set the medication that I would be on moving forward. And I completely changed the roadmap of my life. I started journaling every day. I was introduced to dialectic behavior therapy and a workbook. I started exercising and doing yoga. And I was starting the process of healing. In November, around Thanksgiving time, we got a COVID scare at our daycare. It's a small number of families. Um, we use an in-home person. And one of the families contracted COVID. And it went through each family in the daycare. And so we contracted COVID, my, uh, my wife at the time, and our daughter and myself. And uh, so we were quarantined up until the 23rd of December. 22nd of December, excuse me. And I remember finding out that we had it and I just told my boss, I'm like, I'm, you know, I got a promotion in November to, to doing a, the role that I was gaining the experience for to be able to go into my dream job. And so I'd been in that role for a little over a month. And I said, hey, look, we have COVID. My family needs me. I remember... You know, remember them saying, yeah, go do, go do what you have to do. And I I said, we're going to get snow pants on. It was the first snow of the year. We're going to go play in the snow. And we had, it was amazing. The three of us. So we um, got released from COVID. We had to do all, all the, both my parents are divorced and remarried. And my wife's parents were, my ex-wife, excuse me. Parents are divorced and remarried. And uh, so we had all four Christmases, video chat. It was really hard, really hard. None of my family lives close. Uh, I'm one of eight children. My parents being divorced, my oldest sister, oldest stepsister um, is in South Central Indiana. I have a a relative, uh, twins, a set of twin siblings that are um, in different parts of the, the country. My only biological brother happens to be in Germany. And then I have a younger stepbrother that's in Illinois. And uh, my two youngest siblings, half siblings, are in, in Michigan, where I'm from. My dad lives in Texas, my mom lives in Michigan. So it's video chat is a big part of our life. Skype, FaceTime, it's a big part of our life. But it was hard for Christmas, not having the the family, not having the connection, the the community. It was really hard. And I was still working through that process of healing and understanding where I was hurting. And about two weeks after Christmas, I had a really severe crisis situation occur. occur. And it shook me to the core. 
I spent many hours crying and trying to find myself again, trying to find who I wanted to be, trying to find what I wanted to do and who I was. And as I mentioned in the kind of the soft titling podcast, I was part of a ADHD dad's group that met every other week. And as I was going through that crisis event in my personal life, other men from around the country had a similar experience that were similar walks of life that had been through it and that had all these different varietals of experiences spoken to my life and supported me in a different way. And at that point, I had finished reading the Lord of the Rings books, started reading Rising Strong by Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness came quickly after, Daring Greatly, And I started trying to find my community again. Different friends, different people reached out. And it took me... It took me probably four, three to four months before I was healthy enough to feel like I could stand on my own two feet again. started walking forward very very slowly bit of a side so for those that don't know about ADHD the best way I can describe it is an executive function disorder or executive function limitation. So for a typical person, and obviously there's a grayscale here, so bear with me as I try to explain where I fall on this and what this grayscale looks like. So for a typical person, when you think about your priorities on a to-do list. It's usually pretty linear, you know, one, two, three, four, five. If I put post-it notes on the wall and number them one through five, you can typically, you know, one's first, oh, oh, now two's coming up to be higher because it's a professional thing versus a personal thing. You know, there's things that are easily to easily moved and it's pretty up and down or linear. From an ADHD perspective, for me, those things are horizontal rather than vertical. So if they're vertical, you sequentially go down one at a time and complete them. Horizontally, if I'm thinking of number four, 
and I'm working on number two, number four becomes the primary and I stop doing number two. And if I'm working on four and I remember about five, five becomes the primary. And so it's things tend to move quickly. One explanation. Another explanation is most of the time my mind is going so fast that I don't always know sorry my mind is going so fast that the emotions and feelings that I'm experiencing are going just as fast so for example let's say you are sitting at your desk you got a window that you're looking through as you're working on your computer and you see a squirrel run across and a car drives by. For me as an ADHD person, I'll see the squirrel, oh, squirrel, and a car drives by, oh shoot, he's driving pretty fast, hope he doesn't hit anybody. So I immediately have a positive and a negative emotion, very rapid succession. And both of those things come to the front of my mind and are maintaining my consciousness and my focus even though i'm working on something i have to pause to focus on those things or i i'm automatically triggered to pause and focus on those things versus a normal person be like oh yeah a squirrel in a car not a big deal let it go for me i things are more Im intentional like there, there's a lot of hook connected with that so to, to try to slow myself down let the pieces fall and rebuild myself up it took a lot of work and when I talk about exercise like I mentioned in the post when I you know shared that podcast practice 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 so for me I have multiple post-it notes with different parts of my brain. I have multiple to-do lists. I might lose the to-do list, so I have to set reminders on my phone. My calendar is color-coded and extensive because I'm likely to forget something. And I, if it's a priority, I don't want to forget it. It's, it's a lot of work for me. Another friend of mine explained ADHD as you go to do something, you have a project, like put the groceries away or go shopping, even just go grocery shopping. Okay, I'm making a list and I'm going shopping. Well, no, for me, I have to think about, okay, what am I having on Tuesday at four o'clock for dinner or Tuesday at noon for, for lunch? That way I can write those specific things out. I write the whole list. Oh, shoot. Okay, and I have to co coordinate this based on where it's at in the store so I can be most efficient and effective going through the entire thing. Or do I have all my coupons? Should I go shop at Aldi or is it cheaper to get those things at Aldi versus Meyer? Oh, they don't have it at Aldi, so now I have to go to Meyer. And, and so there, there's a lot of tangential thought process, a lot of cognitive dissonance that's a struggle. And the biggest thing that I learned in the last eight months 
has been you have to let go. And you have to practice being mindful. You have to be intentional about your therapy and diverse with your community. Because we can't do life alone. We shouldn't do life alone. And in this journey for me, it's been the biggest realization to know that I'm going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. And you're right. Life is never going to be the same as it was yesterday. And the, lo- the moment that you're in currently is going to be the completely different better version of yourself tomorrow and I want to highlight something that Mark said in his podcast that you know it's a team you have a team of people that you're working with to make this life worth it and you are responsible for your own happiness so for me I set some pretty serious goals in March, actually in uh, May specifically. In May, I decided I wanted to go and and run, do a trail run. Well, okay, so initially it was a a marathon. (laughs) I've never run in my life, like from sports in high school, college, running was not my thing. I did a couple obstacle course races well, a single obstacle course race where I broke my arm. That's another story. And running is not my thing. And I decided that I wanted to run a race. And my buddy challenged me. He's like, okay, well, let's, you pick some ideas out and then we'll just discuss it. So I'm doing a 10K. I'm running a 10K next month. And I've met with a personal trainer who's a friend of mine. Uh, which if you're looking for somebody to help guide you in that arena, let me know, reach out to me. She is incredible. And what she does, she's, she's getting certified. And so she's partnering with her trainer to open up a new business with her and her husband. And they are incredible. The support that they've given to me and the encouragement and how I've seen my body change has just been drastic and phenomenal. And I found a community on TikTok that has helped me find my own therapy for myself. And I talk a lot about Brene Brown on this podcast and Lord of the Rings and some of the, you know, the the parallels in my life as far as, you know, reaching out to those people and finding what I love, finding what brings me joy and hope and happiness and doing it and reaching for those things. And it's work. It's practice. And not a day goes by that I don't think about it and struggle with it. 
you're not alone. And I know for a fact that I'm not. I don't I no longer strive to be perfect. But I st strive to take every day with every ounce of effort that I can possibly muster to be better, to do better than what I did the day before. And I challenge you to do the same. To stop. Take a breath. And ask yourself if you're happy. And and not the, oh yeah, sure, I'm happy. That's fine, whatever. Like, yeah. No, like... Are you, are you willing to, if there's nothing in your life that changed, could you go on living th that life indefinitely? And for me, the answer is no. There's certain things that I want to give back and do and to share and talk to and nurture and raise my daughter to be an independent, intellectual, challenging, intelligent person, caring person, compassionate, mindful. And I got some stuff to do. And I've been knocked down in the arena. COVID, 2020, 2021, and go fly a kite. But I'm still here and I've survived every single of my worst days. So don't give up. Be awkward, brave, and kind. Learn to trust your gut and find your instinct and find your joy. And have a kick-ass day. <laughs>